is still recording. So, uh, I just walked into Joe's cabin, got a ballpoint pen and a fork and a can on the ground. Because, you know, I don't know. What's that mean then? We've got invisible squirrels running around making a mess of things, or we got ghosts. Ghosts is more likely because I've heard of ghosts, but neither of them makes sense, so why not invisible squirrels? Why not miniature hippos with gecko skin that blends into the backgrounds of gecko-skinned hippos knocking shit off the counter, you know? Or ghosts. Maybe I'm overreaching, though. Maybe. Why's it gotta be magical and scary? Why can't there be a logical explanation? Because of the hour I just had. That's why. Damn it, Joe. Damn it, I... I need a drink. Deputy Lamar took me down to the neighbor's property. A little old lady named Anna Clayton and her son Rufus, who's about my age. Blind and deaf, though, so, yeah, not quite the same. He sat at the dining table with us, just doing nothing, while the little old lady crocheted a sweater. And Deputy Lomar showed me books. Twenty-two of them, with names like the Occult Bible and Rituals of Dark and Light and The Devil in Pennsylvania. Isn't that just great? Pen and a fork and a can on the ground and the devil in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I asked what the books have to do with Joe. The deputy said the little lady found the books in her son's room, and he said he signed like he signed that Joe gave them to him before he died. Then the deputy opened up one of the books and showed me Joe's name, scribbled on the inside cover, and notes in the margins, notes on almost every page. And he opened another one, showed me Joe's name. And more notes. Another book. Joe's name. Notes. That's your brother's handwriting? That's handwriting. If it's my brother's, I... I can only imagine it is. He said, I shouldn't be too surprised. No one in town would be. He said, Turnerville was founded by... Oh... What word to use? Not witches. Mystics. Hundreds of years ago. So, it's a magnet to people like that now. And shit happens at a mystical magnet. 
He said he once found the body of a woman who'd made a potion out of poison ivy. Her throat closed up on her. And he mentioned sacrifices. <laughs> I mean, usually animals, he said, but... He stopped, mid-sentence. A look on his face like... Like he said too much. In that moment, Anna Clayton glanced up from her crocheting to tell me that Joe was a good neighbor, a good man. He, he even checked in on her son when she went to visit her sister in Pittsburgh. She said, a man who helps like that has no need for sacrifice. <laughs> she says she was going to make a sweater for Joe. And then she showed me the sheet music. I don't know how many pages there are, but a hundred, two hundred. She said Joe gave them to her just days before he died. What's with Joe being generous? Anna Clayton told me to take the music, but I, I told her I have no use for it. I haven't played since I was 14, and anyway, I was never as good as Joe. She insisted, though. She said Joe would want me to have it because he wrote it. And she said that what I think is a grill covered with a tarp beside Joe's cabin is actually a piano. This is Good Bones, a podcast where I try to figure out what happened to my brother Joe and why his final days were so haunted. This is episode two, titled Keys. The last time I heard Joe play was probably Christmas, three years ago. Him on bass, 
Angie sitting beside him, playing trouble. Looking at them, you could see what they would look like when they were old. Like, <laughs> Jesus, is a squirrel. <laughs> it's just a squirrel. <laughs> Maybe they're not so invisible after all. Gotta be kidding me. 